I hate old war. Old war is dumb. <laughs> this reminds me of like in the like in like your old colonial wars where like they would just line up. Yep. <laughs> like, all right, and go and fire. <laughs> all right, your turn. <laughs> yeah. All right, you I, go. No, it's rude of us to go. go again. Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text. That good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. everyone and welcome to the unblessed podcast my name is evan and i'm scott and we are two ex-missionaries in training scott did you ever have to do any sort of like evangelism training oh. at like your church or through like your did network I? or did i ever i tell me about it the amount of stale classrooms with a whiteboard that i sat in and went over some random way to share the gospel in an all new and exciting method. Some oh. dumbass diagram <laughs> that was just you're here. Yeah. And you tell now you gotta get over here. Yeah. It felt like an <laughs> offensive play. Like, all right, you gotta get your spirit out of your body and into heaven. You gotta follow this route, follow a post route. <laughs> Now, here's a guy right here who shares the gospel. And when he shares it and goes with another person and then goes to another person after that. And yeah, that's boom. how you evangelize people. And when when you when you when you when when you when you when 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 you evangelize, you're telling someone else about something. Uh, you know, the usually the team that wins is the the team that scores <laughs> the most points. Usually when you open your Bible, you've opened a book. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the amount of John Madden missionary <laughs> trainings I had. Uh I was gonna say, did you have to do any of these, Evan? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean I'm I'm pulling this straight from just memory. I just remember there being like, All right, you have your cell group. Oh yeah. And then you in your cell group or your discipleship group or your Bible study, or whatever. Because in the uh early twenty tens mid 2010s as well community groups no longer really became there's this phase where community groups were no longer about just like getting together and studying the bible with church plants it was about planting a church <laughs> and which is freaking ridiculous um and it was like all right well out of that community group you know you need to you know get new people in and then find you as the community group leader you need to find someone in that community group and designate that you need to basically knight that person. Yeah. <laughs> as the next community group leader and they'll start their own. 
and I rem- the I, next yeah I remember I remember, I, re- I remember when we were at uh, the church in Indianapolis. I did my own community group because you had your own and I had my own, and for a bit, I, like everybody was coming to mine. Mine was and, the popular kids one. Well, yeah. and that's what happened was you were like, <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna start mine, and I was like, ah, oh, sweet. And everybody went, even the person who I was host, like, I wasn't hosting the community group. I was leading it at that person's house. And even that person went to yours. <laughs> and then just by obligation, he the and I The content was too good, Evan. It was oh, just man. too, I had all the content. It was spicy. Yeah, you had, you had a dog. I did not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a dog. We want to see my dog. Did you have to do the thing where you ever practiced evangelism on somebody else in the room did you ever do something like that i don't know if i ever in these trainings we never did any sort of like role play in that because i think that would be like yeah what would that what was that like Uh, cringy i just remember doing that multiple times in my life especially in college like we had really there's a few times we had like really i wouldn't say hardcore but just very in-depth like evangelism training, like, okay, you're going to walk up to a, a stranger on the street and start this conversation, but they might say this, what do you have to say back to it? And you'd, you'd role play with another person. So I remember we broke up into groups and like, everyone's a Christian in this room, but you had to pretend like, so to me, the funny part was like all these Christian kids who've been Christians their whole lives <laughs> pretending to be not Christian <laughs> or like atheist. And like the the stories and the personalities they'd make up, you know, be like, "Hi, sir, how was your day?" Oh, not good. I'm on drugs or something. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I want you to kind of like tap back into that, and see if you can like feel like if you can remember kind of your training. And I'm going to be oh, I don't a know, I can't. I don't I even want, know. I want you to try and evangelize to me, and we'll see if this is a success. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, whenever you're who's, ready. Who's starting the convo? Are you coming up and scaring me no, on the no, street? You're, no, or like I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of some guy, and you are like gonna ask. <laughs> okay. You're gonna evangelize to me. Got it. I, I wouldn't walk up to you. you this, no. That's the whole. Well, I don't know if you you saw me, you know, reading my Bible underneath a tree, and like, we can just... we can do both. We'll, no. Let's start with yeah. <laughs> You just had to ruin my day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and improv, we call this scene work. Um, oh, so whenever whenever you're ready, Scott. Hi, sir. Hello. Hi. I, I don't know if you can hear me. I'm over here. No, down oh, here. Oh. oh, hi. I didn't see you there. You're so tall. You're like 12 feet tall. Yes. Um, you're... How's the weather up there? <laughs> you know, I'm not quite up where the clouds are, but I do. I can predict some rain along the way. You know who up? Who else is up there? Jesus. Do you know about him? Yeah. Why don't you tell me what you know about Jesus, and then we'll start from there. I haven't even introduced myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who are you? You haven't even asked my name. <laughs> just get. This is the training. You just you catch him off guard. He gets straight to the point, and you get a decision out of him. <laughs> I mean, I think like Jesus, he was um, he's a cultural icon of a particular religion that uh, informs the politics and cultures of. That's great. Have you ever lied in your life? Uh, uh, like I have a kid, I lie to him all the time. Okay, have you ever like stole something from like a store or anything? You ever you stole a, a man's cop? heart before? Are you a cop? 
No, no, I'm just curious. Have you ever... So you've lied is what you're saying, right? I mean, I, I, who hasn't? Okay, so the Bible says that liars go to hell. So... All right, I'm are, done with this you, conversation. Would you... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that last part is probably the closest to what it actually was like. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I love just the thought of not even introducing myself. <laughs> Cut to the chase. All right, let's let's do a bit where um, I notice you reading the Bible. Oh, okay. Okay, okay here, so here we go. Here we go. Hey, what, what's what's that you're reading there? Oh, this? This is just basic instructions before leaving Earth. Is that the like book. A, uh, is that like a um, that, yeah, that one? Guy? Is that, that like answers. a Malcolm Gladwell book, or it's exactly like? Have you ever had like a cheat code book? You, do you play video games? Oh yeah, yeah. I play. Uh, I play COD. Oh, okay. I don't know what that is. It sounds like the devil, but um, what? <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> the this book here is it's it sounds like book. the devil. Yeah, no, that's what I said. But um. How, this book is probably the most important book you'll ever read in your life, but I have well, it. Right I, now, I don't have it, don't. so I mean, I don't really know. It, it looks like something my grandmother had at one point. Well, you can't have this exact copy, but I can give you this old, beat-up paper version. It's in the bottom of my backpack. Would you like that? Um, per personally, I would just like a small pocket-sized version that only has half of it. Well, good. You're in luck, my friend. I have a bright orange one with a water stain on it. That is just the Psalms and the New Testament. Oh, great. I do love it when these are given to me by old men in suits. Yep. Uh, and there's 30 more of us on this one street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, a Gideon Bible. <laughs> I did keep like two Gideon Bibles in my car at all times in high school and college because just in case if someone needed one. I'm dead Damn. serious. Damn. I thought I had like my Batmobile, like it was like my Christmobile. <laughs> <laughs> the Gideons visited the University of Cam uh, Alabama campus one time, and if, at some point, the Gideons were trending on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, and the reason being was people were just like, oh, my God, like, I keep accepting these Bibles. Like, I <laughs> and one person put on Twitter, like, uh, how many Bibles I current or how many Gideon Bibles I have in my uh, backpack is a direct correlation to my inability to say no to <laughs> Maybe yeah. look like my grandpa. I, <laughs> I would feel so bad. They would come on to Purdue's campus all the time, and I would not have the heart to refuse. And I was like the most Christiany Christian person. I didn't need a buy. I had three of my own back in my dorm, but I would take one because they would just look at me so endearing. Like, you need this, son. Here, take this. And I, I could never say no. I would say no always. Really? You'd be like, no, get that away from me. I think I would say yes for like the first one. And then I think my thing was to just have it and then have it kind of in my, I did uh, the thing where I had it like in my backpack, but in like the mesh pocket. So they wouldn't ask me for it again. You just turn around. Whoop. And then somebody, somebody would be like, a friend could use it. And I'm like. Oh, they would do that. Oh, well, your friends could use it too. Take three. Yeah. Oh my, they couldn't get rid of those things. Oh. They're in every hotel room, too. I don't know. Uh, there was like a uh, hotel in England that replaced Gideon Bibles with Fifty Shades of Grey. That might be a fake article now that I'm saying that out loud. But <laughs> I remember my mom being like real upset and being like, they were replacing that. And, and I hope they brain, do. In my brain, like even then, I was just kind of like, 
I don't know who's just like going to a hotel and just reading the Bible. <laughs> People are. They're in times of need. They need a a real word of solidarity or you know. something like that. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about us. Um, we got <laughs> we got a listener email. It's our very first listener email. We've got a jingle for it. It goes like this. Oh. L- listener email listener email time listener email oh, time. time listener email time email time but up up okay <laughs> this this comes from eric hi eric hi eric how's it going uh <laughs> hey guys loving the podcast you cracked me up anyway i'm listening to the second christmas episode you did the one where evan sings the animatic song to the lineage of Jesus, and something stuck out to me. What is the point of naming Joseph's lineage when he wasn't technically the guy who, quote-unquote, planted the seed? I love that phrasing. Like, to claim Jesus came from Abraham is not technically correct unless Mary was the descendant, right? Thanks for all the laughs. Wow. Excellent question, Eric. Uh, Scott, I think you had some thoughts on this. So there's two genealogies. In the New Testament, there's one in Matthew chapter one, verse one, and in Luke three, verse yeah. 23. It is interesting because some people claim, and this is me from my very limited research <laughs> and, <laughs> and listening to New Testament scholars, but some people will resolve the differences in, uh, like th- that the author was trying to make us a different type of point. They that people didn't care as much about. Yeah the history necessary like that was 100 percent accurate and more about what it meant to them so well history means a lot to me if it's accurate exactly but for (laughs) others it's kind of like um i don't believe in paul bunyan like (laughs) cool as that story is i know i want to but for some the point of the genealogy is less about hey we're trying to have a here's a dna exact lineage of christ and more about name dropping the the big hitters of the the old testament to make sure that he fulfills prophecy um so the the difference what's funny is that in luke's uh one is that it, it traces joseph's line instead of so it's a different line instead of solomon son of david the other one goes back through mary so like he was saying is that from Eric's question is why give Joseph credit when he technically wasn't the he's not the dad true dad he was just you uh, know he was there I don't know yeah they're obviously they're trying to run the genealogy through now, the men's line but Joseph now, wasn't the dad God may be Jesus's father but he's not his dad <laughs> there he was one that stepped up he didn't he didn't throw the old baseball with Jesus you know he didn't he wasn't there. Um, he, he didn't, you know, uh, talk to him about girls, you know, he wasn't there when he got lost at the temple, you know, that's, that was Joseph. You don't need a PhD to be a DAD. Right. Exactly right. (laughs) And I think, Eric, I think that's the point here is that even though, um, get away from all this new Testament mumbo jumbo, what's the heart of the question? I need to like get out of this accent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, 
I think that's a valid question. I think that's a valid question. Like if you were looking at chasing back genealogy, why even put Joseph's genealogy in there in the first place? It, we don't hear anything about Joseph at all in the New Testament, so why is his lineage necessary if this was an immaculate conception? The other interesting part for me is that in the Luke one, it go, it doesn't stop just at Abraham, but it goes all the way back to Adam, too, mm-hmm. which is, I think, interesting because if this is the accept... Bold! <laughs> yeah, it's bold! bold. <laughs> this does bring up a, a really good question, and... Part of my questions, too, was if this is the correct genealogy, then you could technically date the Earth from and ballpark it. You know, you could get like within a few generations or whatever. You're not going to miss by like a million yeah. years with a genealogy. Like if you miss one grandfather, that's maybe 40, 50 years. Checkmate, atheists. <laughs> we have dated the Earth. We have dated the Earth. It's 20 years old. But it brings up an interesting point, because if that's how far back it really goes... Um... I think it also brings in the question of how accurate people's genealogies are. Like, even now, when I talk to my parents, I'm like, hey, like, you know, asking, like, how how do we yeah. come over? And they're like, I think we got some... I mean, you ask any white person what they are, and it's just, like, a math <laughs> problem. 30 different things. I'm three sixteenths <laughs> like, uh, French. You're, you're <laughs> Irish, German, French, maybe Native American could be in there somewhere. Oh, it's always sprinkled in yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's always Cherokee or Creek. And <laughs> I, I think it also kind of lends to that, where it's just like, oh, well, who are we related to? We're related to... Abraham. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> There's a little bit of a myth that uh, I say ancient peoples, but in biblical times and before that, I think we assume that like, oh, they knew their families so well. Like, oh, they just had everything memorized like back. And that's just, that's not true. Like, it's just like today, if you were to ask, who is your, where were your ancestors a thousand years ago? Like, could you answer that? Would you even know where to go? Because that's one of the, kind of discrepancies in one of the nativity stories is that when the king says, Hey, like we're doing a census, everyone go back to your ancestors home from a thousand years ago. And everyone just magically like, Oh, I know where to go. Like I'm from Ohio going back there. Like, I don't know where I was a thousand. Like where was my family a thousand years ago? Beats me. Like I I can't even tell you my great, great, great grandfather. I don't even know who that would be. So, and that's just something that it's always, I grew up thinking, Oh, people in biblical times, like they just knew their families. That was, Common knowledge, you just knew where you came from, but... Cousin uh, Jeb was designated as the family scribe. Yeah, there's just, like, one person that has it locked in tight, but that's been debunked. It's just, they're just like us. You know, most people don't know half their, you know, genealogy. I mean, the more important you were, likely you knew your genealogy a little bit more, because chances are you were, like, a king. Yeah, you had someone that could write and read. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason to keep your genealogy, but everybody else, it was just like, well, you know, I'm a carpenter. Why the hell would I wouldn't know? You might know your grandparents and maybe even one after that, but... Uh... Yeah. But even then, like, that's that's lucky because people didn't live that long. True. Um, Good question, though. Yeah, we need more. question. You can always email us, unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to field these questions in the future. If you ask a question, it might get listed on the podcast. Um, at this rate, with how empty our inbox is, it very well likely will be. So please, <laughs> the next one please, we'll get talked about. <laughs> please, well, Scott, what are we talking about today? Transition us, 
Give us a transition. Give us well, a good old Scott you know, Ranch we were talking about genealogies, but now speaking of genes that fit a little too big on their body, we're going to talk about David. <laughs> Did oh I do good? God, I, I, I tried. Hate you. I hate everything. <laughs> David I and quit. Goliath, everybody. I quit. I quit. <laughs> Yeah, we got yeah, a big story. David and Goliath. David and Goliath um, is a story that everybody knows. You've heard of it. You've been like, oh, it's David going up against Goliath. You know, little guy going up against the big guy. Um, I'm of the opinion that it's two big guys and one of them's just massive. Yeah, it's a, it's about my... a different type of strength. This <laughs> is like the rock going up against a farm boy. So that's the lens we're going to hear from Evan's <laughs> readings today. <laughs> uh, so it starts, it's uh, 1 Samuel 17. Uh, so the Philistines are at war. Again. Tale as old as time. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, Israelites and the Philistines, Batman and the Joker, you know, like uh, <laughs> Empire and Rebels, just always. And the Philistines were standing on one hill and the Israelites were standing on another um goliath came out and he's nine foot nine inches and he wore the bronze helmet and scale armor that weighed 125 pounds there was bronze armor on his shins there was bronze sword he had bronze he's decked out he is decked out in bronze um his spear shaft was like a weaver's beam i don't really know what that means and the iron point of his spear was 15 pounds so basically like he is huge and what he's wearing is heavy and he's still standing. He's only getting stronger with he's every motion. Only getting stronger. He is out there and he's just squatting. Just <laughs> over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> and he stood and he shouted to the Israelite battle formations, Why do you come out to line up in battle formation? He asked him, Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Choose one of your men and have him come down against me. If he wins in a fight against me and kills me, he will be your servants. But if I win against him, Actually, no, I've got a better voice for this. I remember. Uh-oh. I remember my I was going to say, voice. it started out as Ringo Starr and then went yeah. to Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Oh, no. Go, go, go. So we're going to rewind. Uh, and he stood and he shouted to the Israelite battle formations. Why do you come out to light up in battle formation? What? He asked them. <laughs> Why not a Philistine? Are you not servants of Saul? Choose one of your men and have him come down against me. If he wins in a fight against me and kills me, we'll be your servants. But if I win against him and kill him, then you'll be Service to serve us. And the Philistines said, There go the closed captions. <laughs> I defy the rates of Israel today. Send me a man so we can fight each other. I like the idea of just having a ripped out of his mind uh, Goliath that just has the squeakiest voice. He sounds like a little peanut. <laughs> oh, jeez, guys, I'll kill all these Israelites. They'll be our slaves. They'll be fucking wild. Okay, what first do we end at? <laughs> uh, when Saul and all Israel heard these words from the Philistine, they lost their courage and were terrified. First off, I don't know why somebody doesn't just kind of like take a spear and... End it now. Ranged weapons are still a thing in this time. Like, right? Like, I mean... Maybe... No one's got a bow and arrow. Well, yeah, but I mean, you, you got hit on the first one. You miss once, and then they they come bum rushing you, right? Well, you're out there for battle anyway. 
I just imagine everyone's kind of hanging out. It's kind of like a, a tailgate parking lot atmosphere. Everyone's just kind of outside. You just smell brats in the air. And then you this know. douchebag walks up. It's like, hey, you guys are in yeah. my spot. There's some big yoked frat guy winning at cornhole a little too much. Hey, come on now. Yeah. I can take on anybody. Hey, my, my dad could be your dad. He, he works at Nintendo. Okay, what verse do we end? I can't even end up with your Holman Christian yeah. standard. <laughs> We're in uh, chapter 17, verse 12. Okay, there we go. Now, David uh, basically talks about David being the son of Jesse. Jesse had eight sons. Um, and Jesse during had a Saul's... son. That son Jesse. had a son. Sorry. Jesse had eight sons during Saul's reign and was already an old man. Jesse's three older sons uh, are on this battlefield. There was Saul. But David was the youngest, and David kept going back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's block in, or flock in Bethlehem. So every morning for 40 days, the Goliath would come out, and he would say, You guys are all just a bunch of little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. 40 days. Yep. Whole month goes by. And nobody dude. does anything. Nobody like even like throws a rock at him. No. He must have had a body, just a serious uh, body. Maybe he had a body. I, this is just, I hate <laughs> I hate old war. I hate old war. Old war is dumb. This reminds me of like in the, like in like your old colonial wars where like they would just line up. Yep. <laughs> like, all right, and go. And fire. <laughs> all right, your turn. <laughs> yeah. All right, you go. No, it's rude of us to go. go again. We're not going to go this time. Like it's just is that was this just a rule? Like back when, when war was war, Evan. When back you when war just, was war. You know, back when men were men. <laughs> like you could just walk out and just be like, "All right, I get to fight only one of you." Yep, that's it. That's one on one. And as we all know, the Philistines are rule. They're, they yeah. are sticklers for rules. And so Jesse tells David. Take this half bushel of roasted grain along with these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. That's also nice. take these 10 portions of cheese to the field commander. Check on the welfare of your brothers and bring confirmation. Basically, uh, Jesse's telling David, like, hey, it's been 40 days. <laughs> Can you make sure your brothers are still alive? Yeah. Like, See if they had, like, uh, this cheese yeah. again. Or there's something going on with, like, a weird deal that the Philistines trying to make. I just want to know if we're slaves yet. So David gets up early, hands off responsibility of the flock. Uh, he hands off responsibility of the flock and then uh, sets out as Jesse has instructed him. Uh, he arrives at the perimeter of the camp. This is where I just get annoyed with this whole chapter. Uh, David luck. left his supplies in care of the quartermaster. Um, while he was speaking with them, suddenly the champion named Goliath comes out and, you know, does his whole. Israel's just his much whole... Pussies, y'all all just bitches. I'll, I'll kick all your asses. Uh, when all the Israelite men saw Goliath, they retreated from him terrified. And previously, an Israelite man had declared, and this is where I'm going to read a lot of these verses so you understand how annoyed I am with this chapter. Previously, an Israelite man had declared, Do you see this man who keeps coming out? He comes to defy Israel. The king will make the man who kills him very rich and will give him his daughter. The king will also make the household of that man's father exempt from paying taxes in Israel. Dang. That was a sweet-ass deal. Unbelievable. David spoke to the men who were standing with him. What will be done for the man who kills that Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should <laughs> defy the... First off, I love that David knows that... They Goliath just know. Is, yeah, he's just like... Mm. 
Mm, I can just he, tell. He, he walks a certain <laughs> way. <I can> just <laughs> tell. You know, you you know how you, you, your uncircumcised radar goes off. Oh my gosh, the radar. David's asking the question that's answered in the verse before. Yeah. And so the people told him about the offer, concluding that is what will be done for the man who kills him. This is just like me when I was in college trying to fit a word limit into yeah, I an have essay. Forty more words. Better repeat forty the more. Last God, conclusion. Jesus! I have six more pages to get to. <laughs> David's oldest brother, Eliab, listened as he spoke and became angry with him. Why did you come down here? Who do you leave those few? Sh- who did you you leave those few sheep with uh, in the wilderness? I know your arrogance and your evil heart. You came down to see the battle, little bro. What are you doing here? What are you this doing? Is college, bro. God, go oh. get out of here. You, Stacy's here. Yeah, Stacy's here. There are mad <laughs> chicks here, and I can't have my little brother just like running up. I'm grill, I'm grill master today. I'm grill master. I'm grill master. I'm grill master. I'm 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 the frat king. And Davis is kind of like it, in mine. It says it was just a question. Yeah. <laughs> mine says, "Was it not but a word? <laughs> was it not but a word?" <laughs> then he turned from those beside him to others in front of him and asked about the offer again. Gosh, get it through your skull, People David. People gave him the same. I can't tell if David's uh, dumb or if the writers just got to meet a word limit There's here. There's something about threes. They got to repeat yeah. the offer. What David thrice. said was overheard and reported to Saul. So he had David brought to him. David said to Saul, now don't let anyone get discouraged by him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. But Saul <laughs> replied, you can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since he was young. And David answered Saul, and this is where I think David has, like, good old boy farm strength. Yeah. And he's just like, your servant's been tending to his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came off and carried off that lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I grabbed it by its first, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant's killed lions, bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David <laughs> in a defeated manner, go and may the Lord be with you. So basically, I mean, like kind of to David's credit, and this is where I think like this whole idea of like a shrimpy little David going up against like this meat cake Goliath. <laughs> it's just inaccurate. Triple stacked meat cake. Of oh, Goliath. man. This like double bacon cheeseburger of a man. I don't think that's accurate because David's obviously a shepherd. He obviously, like, he's talking about how he's fought lions and bears. What do you think the strongest part of David? Like, do you think he has strong calves, strong arms, strong back? He's, just got, he's got to have a strong chest in order to strong wrestle chest. a lion. He's got it, and uh, legs as well. I think he's got to have a good chest, good core, good yeah. legs. Biceps and the triceps are going to be part of that. He's not but... like a, yeah, he's not like a finesse, like, showy, you know, uh, Mr. Mm. Bodybuilder. Like, he's, it's just that quiet strength, you know? It's that farm. He's just... Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. He's Terry Bradshaw. He's got the two double <laughs> knee braces and, like, the leather, <laughs> just the I... leather underwear and, like, the, yeah. the Austin 316 jacket. <laughs> absolutely. He's walking out, and I think he's got, like, let me tell you something about that now. Listen here, Goliath. Listen here. I got two beers with your name on it. Uh, to the credit, I do think David might have been short. He's a short king. 
He's also a child. Let's not forget yeah, that. He whole is narrative. also a kid. He is <laughs> also a kid. Um, those, he is also really young. So he's short. He's young, but he is like built. Let's not let's not get it just for the listener. Let's not get it wrong. He was built. He's he's got like running back energy. That's like, right. He's like five eight, but just like yeah, Mike Allstott cannons for legs. Just. Oh man, <laughs> I love. People are probably saying, "All right, let's move on from David's body type." <laughs> Then Saul had his own military clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head and had him put on his armor. David strapped a sword uh, and tried to walk, but he wasn't used to him. I can't walk in these, David said to Saul. I ain't used to him. So David took him off. Uh, instead, he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones, put him in his pouch and shepherd's bag. Then with a sling in hand, he approached Goliath. Philistine came closer when the Philistine looked and saw David, he despised him because, and mine says, he was just a youth, healthy and handsome. Mine says, ruddy and handsome in appearance. It's like a romance novel. He's so ruddy and handsome. He's so young, ruddy and handsome. Oh my God, we're going to get banned. <laughs> hey there, listener. Hey there, ladies. <laughs> Are you looking for young, ruddy and handsome? Oh my gosh. Look no further. Call Israel. Just call your local police station. Just call your local <laughs> shepherds. They're they're a hot, ruddy shepherds near you. <laughs> he said to David, "Am I an only you can come out against me with these sticks?" Then he cursed David by his God. Come here, the Philistine said to David. Your flesh to the birds and the sky the wild beasts. David said to the Philistine. You come out against me with a dagger, spear, and sword, but I come against you in the name of Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel's army. You have defied him. Today <laughs> the Lord will hand you over to me. Today I'll strike you down, cut your head off, and give the corpses of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the creatures of the earth. Then all the world will know that Israel's got a God. This whole assembly will know that it's not by sword or spear the Lord says, battle's the Lord's, and he will hand you over to us. We're doing this all for number three, Dale Earnhardt. No, right. for number three, Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> I speak first best Italian. When the Philistines started uh, forward to attack him, David ran quickly to the battle line to meet the Philistine. Uh, David put his... <laughs> I'm grabbing the dodgeball the first. <laughs> Go! <laughs> um, David put his hand in the bag, took out a stone, slung it, and... This is so cartoony. Whee! Hit the Philistine just straight... Bing! Right in the forehead... Some stank and sank into his forehead. Put some stank on it. Put some stank on it. Put some real big stank on it. Sank into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. David defeated the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And even though David had no sword, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Remember, we've got to meet a word limit. Um, David ran over and stood over on him. Uh, he grabbed the Philistine sword, pulled it from its sheath, and used it to kill him, which I think is freaking metal. They always left that part out during Sunday school. I know, that's the coolest part. Is he's just yeah. like, I said I was going to cut your head off. And he does it. Just right there. It's super metal. And this is why, I like again, this backs up my whole thing about David not being shrimpy. We've talked about how heavy his sword is. And David just pulls it out and just... Slunk. It's the power of God, Evan. It's not the it's power, not the power muscle. of muscle. It's, it's not the power of God. At nowhere <laughs> was God mentioned in any of this for like any sort of skill. Well, I think it's it's alluding to the fact that he's a shrimp that has 
There's just no farm strength. Who do you think would win in a fight, John Cena or Michael Sarah? Well, does Michael Sarah have the power of Christ in him? Yes. <laughs> Michael Sarah. No. Hands down. John Cena would crush Michael Sarah. Nah, it would be like if have no. you seen the new commercials for Super Mario Brothers where like Mario goes up against Donkey Kong? Yes. It would be of like course. that. It's <laughs> the exact No like Hulk versus Loki. What like, this picture is painting is more of a do you remember the movie The Rookie? No. Where the kid breaks his arm and then he gets like a magical power where his arm comes back like 10 times stronger. This he didn't like pick up like a like Mike sling. Like, he picked he up pick the up... smooth stones. They were the power of Christ. <laughs> These were, were commun- Christ stones right here. They were here. communion wafers. <laughs> he picked up five communion wafers and through, just needed one. Body of Christ. Body of Christ. <laughs> Body, Body of Christ. Ding. <laughs> So David cuts them off. The men of Israel rallied, uh, shouting their battle cry. Uh, basically, they litter the entire road of that valley with Philistine bodies. Dang. And that's how David becomes famous. Saul loves him and is like, who are you? And he's like, I'm their brother. That was me. That was me. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, from then on out, David's a badass. How was this presented to you as a kid? This was presented as like a Philippians 4.13 kind of thing. Where it was like, oh, yeah. if you've got God on your side, there's nothing you can't handle. Yeah. And, you know, David going up against Goliath is always a like narrative where it's just like... And David truly is an underdog in this story. He really is. You know, yeah. he's, he's not a soldier by any means. We talked about it. He's young. I still think he's strapped. I still think he's like... <laughs> You can't be a shepherd and not be just ripped out of your mind um, because of how fast he has to run because of like how ripped out of your mind. We we have this idea of these like shepherds being like all genteel and like I think and I think that's a bit of the problem is our first idea of a shepherd comes from the New Testament when they are like with a baby Mm. and they're not doing anything like. So you're looking at he's a real rugged he talked about how he had to like wrestle a lion. Oh, it's I believe it. Yeah, he had to wrestle a which which would I think wrestling a bear is harder than wrestling a lion. And I think I would lose in either circumstance, but I think the bear is gonna fuck you well, up more. I've done both, and let me tell you, you always want lion in that situation. Oh, you do? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Is that bear bear is harder than lion? Tell me about your lion wrestling days, Scott. Oh yeah, it's brutal. They really, it's really the, it's the, the talk, the mean mugging and the trash talking is what's the worst part with life emotionally. Yeah. They, they, they really just like, you ain't nothing. They're just like, your dad probably doesn't like you as much as you think he does. Very passive aggressive trash talk from the lions. Yeah. No, this was taught as kind of a like Philippians 413 vibe where it was like, you can conquer any mountain. And I, the reason I harp on like, David's physique and yeah, his experience. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's because it's not like he's going into this without any prior experience. So you're saying like people just taught this as, oh, you can do absolutely anything you want if you put your mind to it and trust in God. Whereas like, no, he still had some uh, experience. He still had yeah. some training before this. He's fought a bear. That's a very rational and mature thought to have. Thanks. As far as if you like, if you're having this as a kid, like if they're like, yeah, I can't do everything because even some things you sort of have some minimal training on. Like, yeah, I can't. 
I can't design a pr- computer program. Yes, you no, can. I've, I've swapped from like, <laughs> I've swapped from, I haven't done the job that I have now, but I've done jobs similar to it. If you believe enough, Evan, you can make a computer program. Be a real <laughs> shitty one. <laughs> it's not going to be like, it's not going to be Google, <laughs> you know? Just Google. Yeah, this story, it was taught in a similar fashion to me. It was like, you can do anything you set your mind to as long as as long as long you believe in God. That's the most important part, not anything yeah. else that you do. So you can approach any scary situation. I think what's funny is that these were always, it, it was always like put in a pair with just situations, never like actually fighting somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that we use actual fighting stories of like, well, Dave actually killed a guy, but you... <laughs> You can you can do that spelling test tomorrow if you believe David hard enough. David can kill a guy. You can do your spelling test. Yeah, it was, it was always like I know you're eight years old, and like the what you wrote down on the worst thing in your life right now is that your mom won't listen to you, or <laughs> will you curse maybe one too many times? <laughs> yeah, or your brother uh, beats you in basketball too much, and you get mad at him. Like that's my that's what I'm going through, and so adults in my life were like. Well, here's a story of a kid that killed another man. And so if he can <laughs> kill this guy, I think you so can be can nice. You. <laughs> you can be nice to your brother. <laughs> David killed a man and he turned out all right. And he turned out just fine. Oh so, man. I don't know. It was yeah, an interesting lesson. Like to be fair, it's one of the greatest stories, underdog stories. Obviously, it's been around for thousands of years. Oh, so yeah. it means something and it has a lot of meaning and you know, you're able to assign a lot of value and meaning into the story, but but it's dang, it's still a funny just account of. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I had it pointed out to me that David doesn't pray at all in this whole chapter. He just kind of makes a, a declaration at some point, right? He, he just, just he like, just makes a decision. Yeah, he's just like, I'll just do it. I remember like uh, when I was struggling with the idea of a calling. Um, in college, I was talking to my college pastor about it, and he was just like, "What did David do before going into battle?" And he was just like, "I was like, I don't know." He's like, "He showed up, and then he did it." That's a good point. And he was like, "He didn't there. He didn't need to like sit in hours of prayer to decide whether or not to kill Goliath. He he just went and did it." Yeah, he saw somebody doing something wrong, and he went and he did it. He went and did something about it. I kind of actually like that advice. I mean, most of yeah. the times when I got advice. Looking back, is like, well, that was a hunk of crap, but that is true. You look at the story, he doesn't just sit and go, I need to go on a sabbatical. One year-long, all-expenses-paid sabbatical to clear my mind and head. I need to journal about this. I need journal. to... Get a coffee. Um, I need to get a coffee. I need to ask my mentor. Um, and get a coffee. His mentor, and get a coffee, and get another coffee, and then again, again. Then and then we're going to write and... a book. This will be my year to write a book and just settle down and get a coffee and and I live life, coffee. you know, and just do yeah. life just together. Live life and do life together and just living be life missional together. where I am, just you know. Just be missional where I am and be missional and intentional in my surroundings. Be transformative, be, you know. Evangelistic in my backyard, backyard evangelism, you know. <laughs> I'm really entering the mission field everywhere I go. So I have to yeah. always be on a mission. I, it's always about being missional where you are. Like the Israelites, yeah. they didn't go on mission trips. Yeah. It's about, it's not about, the, it's about cross firing, you know, against <laughs> crossfire. <laughs> uh, I can't think of all the other phrases in silly Bible studies. Gone down. We, we spiraled. <laughs> We're spiraling. We're spiraling. Help. Oh, okay. Anyway. Oh, the advice. Yes. Yeah, so. 
that's actually yeah. good advice. Um, yeah. It's a lot of advice, and, and it's and I remember talking to a friend of mine a few years later in uh, about uh, calling and stuff like that, and he was just like, "I think God works like this. It's not like the, he picked up a napkin and he was like, it's not like this is your path. He ripped it up into like five pieces. He was just like, this is what's before you. Choose. Ooh. Choose your destiny. And kind of, because he was just kind of like he, he kind of had the uh, mentality of like you know, I mean, if you want to be a preacher, you can." um if you want to do this you can't like it's just more about living a gospel centered life for the lack of a better word but like when you are in christianity that's yeah. kind of like what you're talking about but for like but you it's about just being a living the life that would that you have and being a good person you know it's funny as i progressed in my faith that the more simplistic of a answer i had on things was was better like when i'd have decisions it was more i remember like when i was in high school and college, so it's like, well, I need to like, you know, really count, get seek counsel through all these people, and then make sure I'm at peace about the situation, and blah blah blah. Did I pray about it enough? And then like later on, I was just like, oh, is this what I want to do? Okay, I'm gonna just trust my instinct and just go with it. And realizing that, just do it. Just do I have to do it? If no, do I want to do it? Or why do I want to do this? And if I really want to do it, then just do it. Stop. Yep. Stop flip flopping on it and just do it. Yep. For once, some good advice from, hey, from this podcast. <laughs> you didn't expect you get good advice today, did you, listener? But hey, you did. You're listening to W H A T P O O. You're listening to P O O P. God damn it! All right, Evan, what do you got to plug? Um, we recently started rewatching "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Love it. Um. Katie has never she's seen like bits and pieces of it. I've seen a lot more of it. And finally I was like, this is just a dumb show we can turn on. Like yeah. we don't need to turn our brains on for this show. Like it's fine. And we got through like the first few episodes, you know, the gang gets racist. <laughs> like the, the the yeah. really we watched the uh the dentist system first, that episode. Uh, there's some um, rough episodes. It's great. Oh yeah. The, the the first season is just like they were just like what let's take every single hot political topic and see what four idiots can do about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was brilliant writing. <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing to crank through. Oh yeah, it's, it's I still need to finish. Always sunny. I mean, it's still it's still, still going. Yeah. yeah still so, going. what about you, Scott? What what do you got to plug? I guess it's not really a plug on my end. This is our plugs become like what are we doing what well, it's kind of been that the really yeah. look back to the records it's just like just... Who, who the hell is listening to us and being like oh <laughs> i didn't know the world series was this week i know i didn't know it was a super bowl <laughs> um i watched a weird well if we were talking media we consumed i did restart futurama this week and that's I love a Futurama. lovely show. It's been a long time since I've watched episodes. So fully approve of Futurama. If you're wondering, if you're on the fence out there about starting Futurama or restarting it, do it. Um, I also watched a movie Al last Sordberg night. Sordberg is the funny one. Oh. <laughs> Me and Holly watched a weird movie last night called Snake Eyes with Nick Cage. Uh, it's from 1997. It's... Uh, Nick Cage and Gary Sinise. And my favorite was the IMDb review before we started. It said, 
uh, overproduced, overdirected, overacted perfection. <laughs> Love that. And it, that's probably the best title of that oh, movie. Man. Is it's honestly a good plot. Pretty honestly, great cast too. It's just every scene is just like the camera's always like jittering around, or there's way too much going on. The dialogue sucks. The acting is just way over the top. Man, Gary it, Sinise. But Gary Sinise is like the oh. villain in it. It's but it's a weird. I never heard of it, and then we just like flipped it on and was pleasantly upset and surprised by it. So, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on. Uh, TikTok and Instagram at Unblessed Pod. Um, keep an eye out for a few weeks when we will be Twitch streaming the Adventures Woo! of Old Testament. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And then uh, you can also email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please, with all of your questions. Thank you again so much for listening. Please share this uh, with anybody that you think might enjoy this podcast. Um, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review. The reviews really help with the algorithm. Um, and really help with getting uh, and expanding our listener base so more people can uh, listen to this show. Uh, But thank you so much. My name is Evan. I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible.